Jordan Hawkins is probably the best movement shooter in the draft, but I have big concerns about him in the NBA and struggle to see a major role with the New Orleans Pelicans. It's another draft profile here on Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, and we got another draft profile, this time, Jordan Hawkins, two guard, out of UConn, a sophomore. There's a... One skill and a lot to like about him, but I have big questions about his long-term viability in the NBA and in particular with the Pelicans, and I'll let you know what those are coming up here. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, and we're here. Monday through Friday. I keep telling you all this. No one else comes to you like this, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. We're looking at draft prospects. If you're an everydayer tomorrow, we're going to be looking at building a new arena for the Pelicans as well as preseason basketball. The schedule is released. Those two things are tied together more so than you realize. So that's coming up tomorrow on Locked on Pelicans. Then we'll do more draft profiles, take your questions, maybe even get a live show in there as well. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So, Jordan Hawkins, UConn, sophomore. This is one of the more requested players for me to do a draft profile on. And I'll be honest, I'm a little bit shocked at how much I don't like this player. And I get why he's asked about a lot because when you look at him there's one skill that he really brings to the table that is tremendous and important particularly in the NBA in 2023 and beyond and that is shooting particularly as a movement shooter so what do I mean by movement shooter you're going to hear this said a lot when it comes to him this is a guy who is a spot-up threat And when we looked at Grady Dick yesterday, you know, those guys that kind of just park on the three-point line, someone drives, kicks the ball out to them, they catch it, they shoot it, and it goes in. You also need guys that can move, catch the ball, turn, and shoot. So this is a guy that excels off ball, running around, coming off screens, getting open because of that, catching the ball on the move to the point where you almost need to kind of stomp on a dime, right? You catch the ball, then you turn, and you shoot. Square up your shoulders with the basket, let the ball rip, and he's Excellent at that. Excellent at that. Last year at UConn, in a much greater role than he had a year before. He's a sophomore. 38.8% from three on really good volume. 7.6 attempts per game. He is more or less one of the two, three best shooters, along with Grady Dick, who we looked at yesterday. He can hit the shot from anywhere. Corner threes, wing threes above the break threes, and he can do it as a spot-up shooter. He can do it moving. He can do it a little bit off the dribble, not as much. But 
he has such a quick release, doesn't need a lot of space to get that shot off either, and is very comfortable taking tough shots and shooting over bigger guys. It's great. Great. I kind of love the big time shot maker in him too. But there are limitations to his offensive game. He's not a playmaker. While he does have really high basketball IQ and he relocates well, and we'll talk more about that in the third segment when we look at his fit with the Pelicans. You know, I need more. We talk, we've talked a lot about players having multiple NBA skills. Shooting is a big one. You have that, you can be in the league. I don't see much more out of Jordan Hawkins than just this. And in the long-term fit with the Pelicans, context of the Pelicans, I think they need more than that. Uh, for t- he, he's purely a two guard. This is not a guy that can play on the wing. I think he's got good size at six foot four, wingspan of six foot seven. He's got adequate athleticism. He's above average in that area. But when you look at him offensively, it's shooting. He has a little bit of pop when he drives to the rim, but not a ton, and he's not a great finisher, and there's no kind of in-between game that he has. Look at how that opened things up for a guy like Trey Murphy. This dude is a three-point shooter, and it is really as simple as that. 38.8% from three this season. I will say, as a freshman, he did not shoot the three ball well, 33%. And when you get into conference play in the Big East, he only shot... 35.7% from three and 31% a year ago as a freshman. Now you want to see that kind of improvement. You want to see a guy go from one level to another. And as he had a bigger role here in UConn this year, which really retooled in route to a national title going from 5.8 points per game to 16.2 with a jump of about seven minutes. Where'd the minutes go? Yeah. More than that. 15 minutes per is great to see him triple his points. Awesome. But he doesn't dish out the rock. As I said, he's not a playmaker, doesn't really give you those kind of assists that maybe you need. He's not amazing at getting to the free throw line, though he does get there on occasion. And he's an excellent free throw shooter. This dude at the NBA level, yes, will be a very good three-point shooter. And guys who work off ball are needed. Look at the Miami Heat. Look at the Denver Nuggets, who are now in the NBA Finals after sweeping the Los Angeles Lakers, you you need those kind of guys. It makes you tough to defend, but you need those guys to do more than just simply be shooters. I want you to keep that in mind because I'm going to talk about that in the third segment of today's show, the fit with the Pelicans and his long-term viability in the NBA. I have big concerns about, but high basketball IQ I think is important. That means he definitely can probably grow more, I think, than other players. The ability to relocate once he gets the ball out of his hands and find space. There's a little bit of Steph Curry in him, I think, when it comes to that. The way he does that, find space, gets the ball, then can rip the shot. I'm not saying Steph Curry is an NBA comp for him because it is not. That shouldn't be anybody uh, getting that comp. But his shot is good and it's quick, and a big-time shot maker is important, I think. And when you look at his play this season for the team that won the title, hey, that's kind of what you want to see. His usage rate, though, is high, 25.4% in college. As I said, fit, roll. You going to be able to have that here with the Pelicans anytime soon? Keep that question in mind. We'll talk more about that in the third segment, but I want to look at him defensively. I think he can be good, but I I wonder about his time at UConn, and I'll explain what I mean 
coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. I hate when you're trying to buy tickets to an event and you're stressed about getting the best price. Which site do you go to? There's so many out there, right? Are you getting the best deal? Are you going to pay exorbitant fees? Things like that. Like, it just doesn't need to be this hard to buy tickets to an event that you want to go to, let alone at the last minute when you're competing with like other buyers for a popular event and maybe the price is going up and up and up. And that's why Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And they even have exclusive flash deals on tickets for everything from football, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. You're bored on a Friday, Saturday, sometime on the weekend? Get on the Game Time app. See what you can get for cheap. And all of a sudden, you got a fun night out. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section or row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off, download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know. We are deep into draft coverage. Looked at Grady Dick yesterday, looking at Jordan Hawkins today. Tomorrow, let's talk about the viability. Will the Pelicans ever get a new arena? And is the Smoothie King Center that bad of a venue? Yes, it is. So we're going to look at that, along with preseason, the schedule being released too. Those two are a little bit more tied together than you think. So become an everyday or never miss an episode, and we'll definitely be profiling your favorite draft prospect here. And let me know in the comments down below who you want to see later in the week. we got time for one or two more guys, and then we'll keep going next week and so on and so forth, as well as looking at trade targets, different things like that. So, Jordan Hawkins, sophomore out of UConn. Good size, six foot four, six foot five, six seven wingspan. He was a good defender. He was a good defender. He's solid both on ball and off ball. He makes timely rotations and realizes that he can turn defense into offense. He's a pretty good transition player. He races up the court, gets to the wings, gets to the corner to get those looks. A lot of time because he helped force turnovers and UConn had the 10th best defense in the country last year. On ball, He's got hustle and that basketball IQ. So even though he's not an elite athlete, he does hold his own. And I like that from him. Here's the problems with that. And I wonder how well he's going to do at the NBA level. He's lacking that elite, at, at, elite athleticism. There we go. Got tripped up. So you're not going to make him, you know, a guy that's going to be a primary defender on the best backcourt player. That's still going to be a guy like Dyson Daniels, right? Can you close because of the lack of defense? And we'll look at lack of closing in the next segment. Can you close with him? Eventually, maybe. With this current roster, I don't see him cracking that, you know, in the next couple of years. I think that can be a problem. And when you look at UConn, defensively what they had was a lot of other really good dudes. They had length everywhere on that team. And they had two very elite rim protectors that covered a lot of mistakes that every other player made. He could gamble more and force steals more because you have two people right behind you that allow you to do that sort of thing. The NBA level, that's not going to work at all with him. And with him being a guard, there's a little bit 
of a lacking of positional versatility, something I like to see on the Pelicans, something you want to see, you know, around the league too. Herb Jones can go, uh, can defend guards, can defend wings, even defend bigs. Trey Murphy has positional versatility to him. Dyson Daniels, with incredible size at six foot seven, has positional versatility to him. Jordan Hawkins doesn't. Is he going to be a better defender in the NBA than CJ? Yeah, absolutely. But there's still limits to what he's going to be able to do, and you're never going to put him on the best backcourt player or the best wing in the NBA, I think. And how much of his defense looks better because it was in the context of UConn and everything that they did. And I think those raise not red flags or, you know, concerns for me, but it's something I look at with him. And every time I, I look at him and I see, I see the shooting, I see it, y'all. I'm looking for other things too. And I don't, and nothing jumps out at me. And this is why, and I'll talk more about it next. I, I don't love him as a prospect. To me, this is a guy that is a borderline lottery pick, like 12, 13, 14, where the Pelicans are, or not at all. And if he slipped to the 20s, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And yeah, he might carve out a role as a shooter in the NBA. You, you need more than that. You need more than just simply being a good Shooter, even an off-ball movement shooter like he is. You know, with Grady Dick, we looked at other things he does well. I think he's got better size. I think they're about even-ish in athleticism. And I think Grady Dick's going to be a better defender in the NBA. And if these two are available at 14, I'm, I'm taking Dick over Jordan Hawkins here. And that usage rate is also something that worries me. So defensively, yeah, like he'll be fine. He's going to be fine at the NBA level, but he's not going to be good. He's not going to be a replacement defensively, at least, for anyone else that you get on the, that you have or would add to this roster. And when you're thinking about it in the context of it, we can start that here and we'll continue it into the next segment. You know, where does he fit? Where does he fit and would he get playing time? If you're one-dimensional like that, Willie Green going to play you? Is Willie Green going to play you at all? it's a rhetorical question, right? But we kind of know the answer is no. So if you're going to draft a guy that head coach isn't going to play and Willie Green isn't getting fired anytime soon, nor should he be fired anytime soon. Well, what's the point of that? What's the point of that? If you're not going to try and develop your guys or you have a head coach that doesn't seem like he would trust him. And I see that here. And this defense, while good, doesn't have elite rim protection to allow him to kind of gamble on the perimeter like he does. And so when I think about fit, when I see him out there, you know, imagine him on this team in a couple of years, closing games. No, not as long as Brandon Ingram, CJ and Zion are here. You know, you're going to have Herb or Trey out there and then you're going to have a center, most likely, or Larry Nance Jr., I should say. You know, maybe CJ, you lose him in a couple of years. Can Jordan Hawkins fit that? Maybe, but I think for that position, you still need a guy that can handle the ball. And that's not Jordan Hawkins like at all in the slightest here. And so he's fine. He's fine. High basketball IQ. I have no doubt you can coach him up. The improvement from one year to the next, I think is really important, but there's a couple of other things that really worry me. And this is why I said, I don't see him necessarily as a lottery pick. Some of the stats that he has, raise these raise big red flags for the draft and from NBA teams in general 
Let's take a look at that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Got stats and things like that for you here. And I want to look at his overall fit in the offense. And is he going to have the role that you think he's going to have? And I don't see it, despite how good of a shooter he is. And I will give him that. He's an amazing shooter. But there's one big fit in question I'm going to ask you that has to do with usage rate. Coming up in the next segment here on today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by, I can find it on here, prize picks. Look, you want to win a million dollars? Every day of the NBA Finals and Playoffs, one prize pick user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. Six correct picks, $1 million. Five, 80000 Four correct picks, 16000 Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. And prize picks is super easy. It's daily fantasy made simple. You don't compete against other players. You just look at the projections. You pick above that or below that. Anthony Davis to have less than 26 points in an elimination game? Absolutely, you can cash that one. And they offer projections on any sport you watch. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code LOCKEDON and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're an every day or tomorrow, I got, I'm got. i going to give you some sobering news on a potential stadium and give you my truthful thoughts on the Smoothie King Center. And ask you a couple of questions because I'm curious your feedback on this as well. So that's coming up tomorrow if you're an every day or on Locked On Pelicans. Today, though, we're talking about Jordan Hawkins, guard out of UConn, sophomore. Good measurables, good measurables. 6'4", 6'7", wingspan, sure, that works for me. A little bit older, 21, he's a sophomore. He's not not a freshman like maybe you'd prefer. You get a guy that's two years younger or so, somewhere in the 19 age range. But this is a dude who can hit threes basically all over the court and is a proven winner at UConn this past season. High basketball IQ, an adequate to above average defender, though I think he had a little bit of help with that. And yet, despite all that, I just don't love him as a prospect. As I said, watching a lot of him in preparation for the show and at times throughout the season, and particularly in their run, he's a talented player. Like you see it, the shooting is legitimate and he's very good there. But he just leaves something else to be desired, in my opinion. This is a guy that, in my opinion, is very one-dimensional. I don't think he's going to be a high-level defender at the NBA. in the NBA. I see him as a shooter, and that's great. That's great. You need more shooting. But I need shooters that do more, and I don't see it from Jordan Hawkins. Movement shooter, coming off ball, coming off screens. So you set pin downs, you run elevated doors for him. He can spring open on the perimeter. That's great. Let me ask you this. How many of those plays are actually going to be run for him? In the next two, three years here, how many of those type of plays when you and assume people are healthy, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy, 
You want Jordan Hawkins getting the shots, designed plays run for him over those guys? I don't. Shoot, they don't even run plays like that for Trey Murphy right now. What do you makes you think Jordan Hawkins is going to get this? So we could even say he's this amazing player, all that. If the team's not going to do stuff right for him, does it matter? And I don't know about that. If this is a guy who has a high usage rate. Can he do this on a lower usage rate with the Pelicans? And if his usage rate is lower, and he's not shooting eight threes per game, five threes per game earlier for him in his career. What else is he bringing to the table? And there isn't much. He's not a passer. He's not a playmaker. He's not a rebounder. What is he giving you offensively other than just being a three-point threat? And maybe that pulls guys out of the paint, but that's not going to happen right away. I've explained to you the numbers multiple times over the past couple of years. With the way Zion shoots at the rim, the high percentage he shoots at the rim, it's the equivalent of a guy shooting for his season career in the NBA 45%. I don't know if Jordan Hawkins is going to be a 45% three-point shooter. And even then, it's going to take a couple years for him to develop that reputation. The teams will actually leave Zion playing one-on-one and put a dude on Jordan Hawkins. Like, it just doesn't happen. It finally started to happen with Trey Murphy because of the volume in him making those and his size. Jordan Hawkins is going to do that right away. So if you're not drafting a guy that's going to fit in right away and that I don't see doing a lot of other things right... You're drafting him in theory for fit, which I don't know if you want to do in the NBA in general. I'm a big believer in just draft kind of best player available, unless it's like a center who doesn't shoot threes. And then you can kind of figure everything out later or just draft like good NBA players, even if their ceilings aren't super high, especially at 14 and the top five, it's a different story. So while in theory, Hawkins fits, does he? Does he? How many times are they going to run off-ball screens for him to spring him open? Are they just going to let Zion cook and do his thing? Are they going to say, Zion, don't try and drive to the basket and score. We want you to get the ball at the free throw line. We're going to run this pin down, down below. Brandon Ingram will come and set it, or CJ will come and set it, or even the center will come and set it. And then we're going to spring him up to the top of the three-point line as after he was cutting baseline, doing this big loopy thing, right? And then you'll pass to him, and he'll be wide open. Y'all, that's not going to happen. So don't use the pick on a guy that's one-dimensional to do that when they won't even use him properly. And when you look at him, you know, I, I think there's a high chance of him being a bust. You, you're basically banking on him being an all-time three-point shooter for it to really work out, especially at 14 or even higher in the draft. He has a very low rebound rate, a very low steal rate, and a very low assist rate. And when you look at how short they, uh, you know, how low those numbers are, and you look at the list of guys who kind of were in that range that were drafted in general, it's like four or five guys. And no one's really good other than maybe Cam Thomas, but Cam Thomas is still one-dimensional, very good at that one-dimensional thing. But Jordan Hawkins isn't Cam Thomas. And so if front offices tend to shy away from these guys, I'm probably not going to want to draft one at 14. So he's he's a first-round pick. He's worth that. But I see this being like 17 or later, 20 or later, I think. Let me know what you think. I know this is a guy that a lot of people are really excited about because of the three-point shooting, but I need to see more from him. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube, on Twitter, at Nola Jake, what you think of Jordan Hawkins. 
Let me know the other prospects you want to hear a lot about. I've seen all the names. I know all the names in the range anyway, but if someone gets a, a, an exorbitant amount of votes here, we'll do a show on him sooner rather than later. So let me know in the comments down below. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit of arena, taking a break from draft talk in the middle of the week. More to come. We'll give you some insight into the process going on with a potentially new Pelicans arena. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.